0: Hail cheaters and welcome to another episode of the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Brandon, and I captained Aguero in Game Week 8, and <laughs> I am joined by a guy who also captained Aguero. Josh. Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Brandon. How are you? How close were you to the triple captain button? I mean it's easy it's easy <laughs> to say in hindsight you were thinking about it. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier.
1: It, you know, obviously. I think a lot of us are planning to hold the triple captain until week like thirty-seven, if we have that kind of self-control, uh, or you know certainly a double game week down the line. Uh, there should be plenty after the FA Cup matches. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you're not going to get even like in a double game week. The best we could possibly hope for was to get a twenty-five point haul, right? I mean, that I is. Bet, I bet five there, goals. Are,
0: there have to be um, there have to be fantasy managers out there who are even scoffing at people who played the triple captain on Aguero, like. Whoa. Lucky, lucky assholes! I would have held mine for the double game week.
1: <laughs> well, I will say it wasn't Casuals. like were, it wasn't like they were they
0: were picking him uh, in the the best of form. You yeah, know, it would been such a know, strange decision. On the road that, yeah, because I mean, he we we talked about this uh, talked about this on the Always Cheating podcast about you can't drop Agüero, but he's been in such poor form that the debate is whether or not to even armband him.
1: But, yeah, well, you were, I mean, I think you know, it's like you playing the all-out attack a few weeks ago. Like, sometimes you just get bored. Yeah, I needed to, I needed to juice it. And you needed to feel alive for a minute.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, th- and this Game Week 8 was exactly why we were all fearfully armbanding Aguero this entire time while he was uh, out of form. Yeah. Because of something exactly like this. So it, it does prove our, our fears correct. Yeah, it would have been it
1: would have been really interesting if a couple of other players had had really, you know, if um, you know Arsenal were hosting Sunderland, or even even if Chelsea were hosting Sunderland, you know, or some team was playing like Leicester, who were in, in good form, you know, like if I don't know, like there, there were. I could see a path towards captaining somebody else this week. Sure, there it's, are a lot of captaincies
0: yeah. for Payet or Vardy, which I mean were, right. weren't terrible in the end. I mean, you certainly dropped th- hundreds of thousands of spots. Well, this is the, the incredible thing is um, it actually could have been a lot worse. I
1: mean, he had he, you know, you get fifty points from Agüero, and I feel like if you, if you have Agüero, if, if you're investing that much money in him, you probably, I think most people will captain him this week. I wish we had the stats handy. and How many people had him and captain him? Uh, but certainly the majority, I would think. Um, and I think that um, it really could have been extreme if. You know, if uh, Mares had played and, you know, only picked, you know, if he'd come in like in the 89th minute and had one point and all the people who vice-captain Aguero wouldn't have been able to bring him in. Or if, you know, Vardy didn't get nine points doubled or, you know, Paye got 10 doubled. It really, you know, it's kind of insane how much worse it could have been for a lot of people. In the end, I mean, it's 25 doubled, but, you know, it's still... You know, it's not it's not insurmountable. You know, uh,
0: I was texting you during the uh, game about how 25 points somehow just didn't seem quite enough for <laughs> a, a guy who scores five goals in 20 minutes. Right. And then I was. <laughs> yeah. You, you uh, responded by saying it was like me complaining about getting a goal from Benteke when I captained him in week <laughs> two or three or whenever it was like it was. Uh, um, what's the phrase?
1: Uh, sour grapes. Oh, yeah, I'm uh, just yeah, being ungrateful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, what's your? Do you know your overall rank at this point, Brennan? After after what happened, I do. Yeah. So, I jumped like a million spots, like literally a million. So, right now, my overall rank is four hundred and fifty six thousand nine hundred and eighty. Okay, that's respectable. It, yeah, going into the week, I was. At least one point five million. I think it was actually closer to one point six million.
1: Yeah, as as we've discussed in every
0: previous podcast, it's,
1: it has not been the greatest start of, of the year for either of us. Uh I jumped too. I jumped I actually jumped one point two million spots, um, and I got up to seven hundred and twenty-one thousand. Now I know it's a it's a it feels a little I mean, obviously, you know, I, I, had a, I had a good week. I had ninety-seven. You had? Do you have one hundred and two?
0: Yeah, one hundred and two. So, I mean, anytime you break the century mark, I mean, the last time yeah. I broke the century mark was when uh, Suarez got four goals against Norwich City. Right, but compared to, you know, compared to the, like a lot of the people who are listening to this
1: podcast, um, ninety-seven is a is a is a good score, but not incredible. You're right? basically maintaining status quo. Or you're you're keeping up with the Joneses, right? But you still had to eventually jump over these people, you know? <laughs> I mean, it just, it made things a lot easier, you know? I mean, you know, I think that a lot of us who were kind of toiling in the, in the, in the millions and the two millions, you know, we knew just cause we take the game so seriously that by week 30 or something, we would, you know, take over most of the people who weren't, you know, yeah, yeah. seriously weren't, weren't as, as you know, weren't, weren't, weren't sort of adapting to the, to the game, um.
0: But now we just get to do it like 23 weeks sooner. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's just more fun. You know? yeah. yeah, there has been a lot more excitement. But balance is starting to come back into the game. I mean, This, this week, all of, all of the heavy hitters seem to deliver, unless you were carrying Manchester United players like Martial didn't deliver. But Sanchez, a brace to follow up a hat trick. Payet yeah. delivered. Pella, who is gaining a lot of steam now, delivered. Mane, Mane, Vardy, yeah. Igalo. It was that a Gala goal was ridiculous. <laughs> well, we, we will get to that goal and all the other ridiculous right. goals. Uh, we'll, we're going to recap game week eight later in the episode. So coming up, we're going to give you the lowdown on our hail cheaters, mini league, um, who's come into the league, who's doing well. Um, and then we have some, we have some questions coming in from our Twitter feed at hail cheaters that we're going to answer. Then we'll recap game week eight. And we're going to close this with a special analysis Since we're going into the international break, we're going to have a little downtime, so Josh and I thought we would give the listeners a little food for thought, and uh, we pulled together a lot of data on defenders in the FPL game. Yeah, we figured after
1: eight weeks we would make some half-assed effort to... Bring some statistics into the podcast.
0: (laughs) So, stats abound in this episode, and we're actually going to come back next week during the break and uh, we'll optimize all your teams going into game week nine. So, yeah, let's uh, talk about anybody who's
1: injured or who, yeah, we're going to try to get a, bring, do a rundown of who uh, traveled the most to,
0: which could be useful. So, it was a very special game week eight. For all of us and the Hail Cheaters Public League. Josh, do you have the table there up in
1: front of you? I have it here somewhere. Okay, yes, uh, I do. So we are now at, uh, we're at 102
0: managers in the Hail Cheaters League. Far out, yeah. A special welcome to new boys. David Underhill, your team, uh, Pretty Mediocre FC, gets a special um, shout-out because you are our 100th manager. So welcome, Dave. And then we've got Nathan Jerome with Pirlo FC and Pat Dudzinski with Patty Pool, So welcome, guys. We'll incorporate you in the next points update. <laughs>
1: so, Brandon, when we look at the top 10, it looks like outside of Isle of bumbu with 89, uh, everyone had uh, over 100 points, well over 100 points in a couple of cases. The high score was Brian White's Wild Card Beaches, uh, followed closely by uh, Mark Johnson's Stold Cold, Stold Co- Stone Cold Stunners. <laughs>
0: That it's was been, real mouthful. I don't know why that was... Well, you got the the, the stuh and the stu, so It's a hard one. It's a, it's a tongue twister.
1: It is. Yeah, exactly. I uh, yeah. I got I to I do more moth exercises before we start the
0: podcast. Actually, but... I don't know if you were a WWF fan. Is this a reference to Stone Cold Steve Austin? Was that one of his moves, the Stone Cold Stunner?
1: I, I, isn't like a Stone Cold Stunner just like a beautiful person, like a Stone Cold Stunner? <laughs> yeah, it's like you. Like you, Josh. <laughs> That's right, Brandon. Uh, so uh, at the top is IX Trees Down, uh, Colin Bothwell holding steady with 115 points. And what was what, what's most impressive to me is that he is actually 93rd in the world. Well done, so, Colin. <laughs> yeah. So 3.5 million people, he is 93. Uh, it really speaks to the competitiveness of the league too, which is which is uh, pretty exciting. Uh, and then uh, Reg Mata is in second place um, again, as as he was last week. Actually, the top four are unchanged. And uh, Hugh Patrick Campbell is in third, and uh, Pat Vivot's
0: Hippo FC is fourth. Now, did Hugh Patrick Campbell steal our idea? Well, he didn't steal it, but last, last week we talked about Nyam 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 being one of our favored FPL team names. I can't remember.
1: Did, what, did he have it before? Maybe I stole it from him. It's hard <laughs> to say. Intellectual property <laughs> has gone crazy in the FPL this year. Well, the problem is, you know, you can have multiple people with the same name. So this is why there were like, like 30,000 people that had Why Always Me about three years ago. Yeah, that's yes, true. <laughs> the team name, I, the new team name that I like is uh, Andy Lakeman's Coney Island Bebe. Uh, and that's Coney, K-O-N-E, Island Bebe, which is just great. And I love the read, so that was just fantastic. Yeah,
0: great shout. I'm, I'm looking right now at Get Richie or Die Tryin'. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. All right, so um, my duty this week will be to give special notice to uh, the people who are getting relegated this week, the lowest (laughs) scores. Uh, Team Rocket down in ninety third spot with thirty one points, and also just below him in ninety fourth position, Ava von Kulu, is uh, also had thirty one points. Yep, tough week if he didn't have Aguero. Yeah, there's a, there's a guy in our private league who he actually put Aguero on his bench this week, which like I don't even know what was going through his mind, <laughs> and just by the sheer luck of Mares not making it onto the field, um, Aguero he still so, started uh, Yaya Torre. It was very it was very weird. Yeah, I just I, I'm not sure his his brain is functioning at capacity right now. <laughs> he just got married. <laughs> he did. You know, so he's he's happy nonetheless. So you can still join the Hail Cheaters publicly. We encourage you to do so. The lead code is on our Twitter page, at Cheaters, or you can find it at our, our, our website, alwayscheating.com.
1: All right, Brandon. Should we
0: get to the game week? Well, week before, we do, before we do the game week, because I, I know you've got a lot of uh, things you want to cover there. We're going to go to Twitter, and we have some questions from our cheaters. So the first question comes from John Sharp. And he says, I'm sticking with Walcott over Sanchez for now. Is that madness? Smiley face. You know, I don't know. Uh, I
1: guess that's not a very insightful answer. but uh, <laughs> Well, I, I guess it probably is. But it's hard to say before the international break is over. If you, uh,
0: yeah, if you look at the last two weeks, it, it surely is madness. If Sanchez, five goals in two weeks. But everyone says this about the Arsenal midfield. The point, points do get spread. And you could... You you could easily see a game week in which Walcott comes to the fore and he gets his hat trick. He is the tip of the spear. It's you know, the problem is it's not like it's a simple
1: swap. You know, you're talking about you know, I think Walcott's eight five and, and Sanchez probably up to like eleven two now. So you've gotta find two point seven million in your team, um, which is not it's not always that easy. I, I actually think it probably—I would probably be making a move right now to bring in Sanchez. I, I think it would be very risky not to have Alexis Sanchez right now, given given the form that he's in, um, assuming nothing bad happens in the initial break. I mean, the, the problem, though, is that he had this possible hamstring injury, too. So I think that we'll know more— next week we can talk about that in the next podcast
0: yeah walcott Um, walcott could be a short-term solution like say your squad needs uh like full-on surgery to get sanchez in there you don't want to be without arsenal coverage yeah and walcott did did have a great match
1: but if you could turn like if you still had hazard if you could turn hazard into into money you know Mm -hmm. uh that that would that would free up the money you'd need right um you know if you didn't i mean the problem is you know it's it's unclear. I guess without we, you know, we don't have his team in handy. I think. Um, you I think had, it'd, it'd be worth it'd be worth downgrading a striker certainly to get that extra money too. I mean, I think there are. I would. I, so I think it's not madness, but I would be making a move to bring in uh, Sanchez. I certainly would want him over Walkout at this point. Right. I mean, are you thinking
0: about this? With, I mean, you have Ozil. So what's your what's your feeling on this? I do have Ozil, and my feeling is I agree with you. Sanchez is the imperative. Um you have to have you have to have it
1: sounded it. so like <laughs> that sound like a that
0: sound like an action movie. Yeah, it's the newborn movie, the Sanchez imperative. <laughs> or the Alexis imperative if or we want John this to play Sanchez down in South America. The imperative. <laughs> um I mean, this Christmas, Sanchez is imperative. I justified having—I oh, mean—and I got incredibly lucky with Ozil, um, who seems incapable of scoring goals this season. Actually, getting that goal assist and bonus points to allow me to just hang with people who have Sanchez. Yeah,
1: I mean he looked great. You know, I
0: mean, I mean the he looked great for me
1: as a as a player. You know, as a fantasy prospect, yeah. I think it's still. Uh, Still a little risky. I mean, he, he doesn't take a lot of shots on goal, so you're always going to. I mean, he's pretty he's pretty consistent. I mean, I think he's been more consistent this year already than he was last year in terms of you know what he's delivering. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's see. He's up to. Yeah, so he has a goal and four assists for the first eight games. I mean, that's a. I mean, given his price point, it's not like he's 11 million. I mean, that's a, that's a better haul than uh, Eden Hazard can get you.
0: Yeah, and I suspect a lot of people are looking to game week 11 and trying to think of how they're going to get Lukaku into their squads and a, a few other. Everton assets and maybe money needs to be saved but if you're if you're building a plan around Walcott you better be stacked everywhere else you better have the likes of Aguero and KDB and a bunch of other bandwagons because you're going to need help yep I think
1: I think that's true I mean I think uh yeah but it just seems like it it does seem to put you at an advantage given assuming that his hamstring is fine then it seems like you, you know it's an uphill battle for sure Like, I'm not even sure. Would you want Walcott over Sadio Mane at this point? Uh, Or Payet, if you didn't have
0: Payet already? I guess Payet is the better. Yeah, Payet would definitely be the the better option because it looks right now they're going to be equal on points, Walcott and Payet. And you're still going to be saving even more money getting a Mm -hmm. Payet at what? He's now like 8.0 million? million? Yeah, yeah. 8.1, actually. Man, oh well. Speaking of price rises, our next question comes from David Wegner Lodahl, and he asks, uh, "With slower price changes since last year and less price rises this year, has your approach to building team value changed?" And uh, Josh and I, we, I, I think, I feel like we have differing opinions, or at least differing strategies on team value. Um, but this is an interesting question. I don't know that price changing or um price rises are less this year. They just seem to be coming faster. Yeah. Maybe that there have just been so many oddball bandwagons early in the season that we've seen people shoot up in price real quick and then their price gets set. Right. I mean I guess we're seeing that with, with Anthony Martial a
1: little bit right now, right? Where he jumped from eight to um, eight, well, he's at eight point four now. So I think he, did he actually drop already? No, I guess eight point four is just as, as hard. I, I actually I'm actually surprised he hasn't gone even higher. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's because, you know, the, the, it's capped at three. You know, three tenths is the highest you can go. Yeah. And maybe that money doesn't spill over the ne- like the next way. Like, so like if two million people add you. It's not like it's eight point three and then it just keeps ticking over from there. It yeah. just it just stops there and then it kind of starts over the next week.
0: Yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens to his value over the um, over the international break because he I looked
1: like dangerous in that in that Arsenal game. He
0: did. He had that one shot or that uh, Czech had a miraculous save. So yeah. that, I mean, had he scored that, I think he'd be guaranteed to be coming into a lot of teams over the break. You know, definitely, whoever is playing their wild card. To answer the question
1: though, it it, it hasn't changed my philosophy too much. Uh, mostly because I am extremely cautious when it comes to making transfers. I, I really do. I, I tend to wait until the last possible. I mean, it's basically like before. You know, as, as an American, obviously we don't have the morning to to keep tinkering. So it's you know like the like. I've made minutes, a lot
0: of. Dr- I've set a lot of drunk
1: squads Friday night. Yeah, usually that. minutes before I fall asleep is when I set my. That's when I usually make my transfer. And even then, I will sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and, like, start tinkering with my team again. Yeah. uh, Because I'm a crazy person. But I think, uh, I don't know, it doesn't really— They don't call you the tinker man for nothing. Yeah, I I don't feel like it's changed too much so far. I mean, do you feel like the, the prices have changed? No, not, not. In, a, in a way that feels radically different. I mean, I guess, we, you know, No, no. We the, I'm sure if we had the stats, hand, I'm sure he's right, but I, it doesn't feel that way to me.
0: No. And I finally got a, early in the season. I was operating with a pretty healthy bank, like usually around a million in the bank. And I'm now at capacity. Like it's taken me to game week eight to be operating. Um, I think I right now I have point one in the bank. Um, so then it becomes more touch and go watching the price rises, because if you're looking at that bandwagon and you know, the value is going to go up, your, your team could be totally upset if you don't jump on, um, like that Monday or Tuesday or even the weekend. Yeah. I, so I, 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 find I, it, I, I take a different view than you and that I, I'm at least early in the season where the values are a little more volatile. Yeah. I just think, um,
1: yeah, I I don't know. It's very rare that a transfer comes back to bite you. Um, I mean, really what ends up happening is I – make a decision what often happens is i make a decision in my head on saturday or sunday and then i spend the next several days trying to justify that decision <laughs> this in like the face might, of all the other evidence that i'm seeing after that like it, it, I, I can get a little too locked
0: in sometimes this sounds like my dad shopping for a computer like he'll go down to uh, office max and he'll just you know look at all the laptops talk to the talk to the sales clerk be like mm-hmm. eh, i'm not quite ready yet and then he goes <laughs> back next week eh, is anything on sale right now that sort of thing. That's what you're like. Yeah, that is kind of what I'm like. <laughs> so it looks like
1: you're, you're more aware of it. I am not. Uh, it hasn't changed my philosophy. Very yeah, much.
0: and it does get dicey during the international break because injuries and fatigue, team rotation become even more of an issue, and you're more liable to get burned on an early transfer.
1: I also just don't think I have the brain space for it. I mean, I may, I just may not be smart enough to really play the price rise game uh, to its fullest capacity. I mean, I think that you, you really have to be aware of what of of building value all all across your team in and in a you know I mean, I mean to really take advantage I mean I'm cognizant of my players rising and falling in value. There's there's no it's t- not,
0: there's yeah, no it, temptation to get on the front page of the of the FPL game for most valuable teams. Uh, no, yeah, I think. I feel like when you look at those teams by the end of the year,
1: that, that like the most valuable team is never the team that's like it's always <laughs> yeah. someone that's always like four hundred eighty
0: thousand. Let's see, so. the most valuable team right now is one hundred and five point nine million. Uh, bringing sexy back, I'm pulling the team up right now, and he's currently ranked overall ranked uh, in one point three million in the world. <laughs> So yeah, it makes no difference. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, the most valuable team I, in general. I think,
1: yeah, obviously it makes sense to 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 hop on early and it just it buys you a lot of money that you can spend elsewhere.
0: All right. Hey, so um, everybody listening out there, feel free to reach out to us at our Twitter at Hale Cheaters. We're always on tweeting, um, answering your questions or asking you questions when we have no idea what the hell to do with our team. So listen, it's a, it's a give and take. All right. So we get to the game week. Yeah. Game week eight. It was a wild one. All right, so the first, uh, the early kickoff for us at seven forty-five in the morning. Did you bother get, getting up for this match, Josh? Uh, I <laughs> Crystal Palace, West Brom.
1: I did in the end,
0: uh, and I'm glad I did. It was actually a pretty fun match. Did you watch it? I did watch it. Uh, yeah, I had Craig Dawson in my back line. I didn't really have any great hope that he'd get a clean sheet, uh, but Crystal Palace looked really good. Zaha. Yeah, Zaha. I feel like I you great. were just yawning as you thought about that game. I was. Actually, I, had, I felt like I had a little burp coming. I had to repress <laughs> it. I'm drinking seltzer water. So uh, I, no, I apologize they're... if you can hear any bubbles through my microphone.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was a really fun match. I was, just as a soccer match, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I thought that Crystal Palace looked fantastic. Um, I mean, Zaha is such an interesting player. I mean, he has... You know, I mean, so fast. I mean, he, this is the second week in a row where he's just m- murdered somebody. You know, <laughs> he is. I mean, he he, he he's, made he's, Chris Brunt look so bad. I mean, because you know Nyam on Wafford, who we also destroyed last weekend, is one of the one of the top defenders in the Premier League this year. And uh, you know, Brunt is obviously a converted um, winger, and uh, he made him look awful.
0: Yeah, I mean, Saha is one of those players I kind of hate because he's like the king of the step over that's going nowhere. Um, and he, well, he. he but and you've his,
1: got to admit his speed is, is. Uh, yeah, he. What well, he excels a at.
0: Difference. Yeah, he excels at getting into the penalty box, and, I mean, think as you put out on the Hail Cheaters Twitter feed that he's the player that um, he looks dangerous, but he has zero finishing ability.
1: Yeah, it, it's true. But you know, it, you know, gotta. Yeah, I don't know. He, I, I, gotta,
0: I. I think another reason why I hate him is he has resting bitch face. <laughs> He de- He looks really intense.
1: Like yeah. his like his eyes got huge <laughs> a few times in that match, like like so intense. Uh, and he's got like this really like um, I don't know. Yeah, he's like he's got like no fat at all on his face. So it's like I feel like you just, every expression is just like right right there in front of you. Yeah.
0: So big takeaways here fantasy wise, I think, is uh, Kabai is the real deal. And as yeah. far as a midfield differential. Oh, I mean, huge value at six point five. I was actually at six point four, over
1: the weekend uh, just rose. Uh, yeah, three goals, one assist. So he's, he's on penalties, and with Zaha you know, terrorizing defenders, there's a very good chance that he'll be on. You know, that he'll have more penalties to take this year. Um, yeah, I just I'm really impressed with the way the, the the whole team just the way they seem to work together. It's really you know and you gotta give credit to Alan Yeah, not a lot of people want to do this but you know you gotta give him credit
0: yeah Uh, another concern though is a guy who we're all um, big upping Sacco who didn't even play this weekend
1: I was surprised about that yeah I don't know um, I don't know if it was a fit issue or you know diminishing returns but he hasn't had a, you know didn't have a goal or an assist in the three games leading up to this one so maybe it was just a tactical move just resting him I don't think he's injured
0: could it have anything to do with him having one of the stranger hairlines in the Premier League I think it has everything to do with that <laughs> all right so the, it's <laughs> like a part that like starts above his ear it's
1: <laughs> yeah. very it's like a comb over almost
0: <laughs> yeah, with a shaved head comb over <laughs> so a great win there for Crystal Palace and Johan Kaboy Johan Caboy Good boy. Uh, Yeah, and two straight clean sheets for the Crystal Palace defense. All right, so the next match uh, in the fixture list, Aston Villa-Stoke. I don't know what we could possibly say about this other than Arnatovich continues to haunt us with his... His uh, great but strange performances and his terrible top knot. Oh, I
1: broke my cr- my clean streak duck in this game.
0: Yeah, congratulations! Hashtag, yeah, save Josh. Hashtag oh, clean #CleanSheet. It,
1: it was getting ter- and I oh, and I, I this game was just it was like heading towards a nil nil the whole time. And I thought that's incredible. You're going to get two clean sheets because you had Micah Richards in your back line. I'm getting emotional over here just thinking about it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get two clean sheets. I'm gonna, I'm going gonna, gonna to break my duck wide open. Uh, <laughs> that sounds, that sounds like some real body horror. That sounds like something right? you do like around like Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> during, during harvest season. Uh, yeah. So, you know, whatever I'll, I'll take, I'll take the Jack Butlin clean sheet. He's kind of been my star defender anyway. Uh, so, um, yeah, not, let's, let's just move on from that game. It's yeah. kind of a, yeah. Kind
0: of a one. Yeah. So Bournemouth Watford one, one, uh, really interesting game in many, uh, in many ways. We saw the return of the Arthur Burrich um, dynamic step-over G
1: yeah. move. Shades of Burrich and Drew uh, two years ago, I think. And I, remember I actually had Drew in my fantasy league uh, that year when that happened. It was, it
0: was a glorious Oh, goal. yeah. It was a huge gift. So um, uh, Glenn Murray gets his goal, but he also misses the penalty. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Gomez, who, Horelio Her- 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 Gomez, um, still like, what a great goalkeeping asset in the FPL right now were you a little surprised that he took that penalty I I would have
1: thought it would have been um Matt Ritchie uh I mean so, I mean not no, that I know enough about yeah I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna plead penalties.
0: ignorance on this one I was not surprised I mean I mean Glenn
1: Murray like you know been on the team for four weeks you, versus you know Matt Ritchie who you know led
0: the league and or led the team and was it goals and assists last year it was definitely assists you'd have to guess that Murray was just crushing it on penalties and training right yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. So but he, all, missed, he missed a bad penalty last year uh, near the end of the season the game against Liverpool. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's just a
1: one-time thing. but
0: We'll see. I mean, all, all will be revealed when Bournemouth gets its next penalty. Will it be Murray or will it be Richie? Because Murray will certainly be getting the game time with Colin Wilson out.
1: Right. Right. So, yeah. Interesting match for on both sides. Uh, yeah. So, Dini is finally gone. I. It just It's ludicrous. As like it's he's still. officially gone from your squad? Well, I mean, I, I haven't made my move yet for a week now, but he, he is gone. Believe me. <laughs> well, by hook or by crook, Trey Dean will
0: be off my team by next week. How do you get him out? Because he well, he's worth like $5.3 million this, right this now? Was,
1: this was the problem. I mean, you know, it's been a—the fact that I even have him is just insane. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it's not like it's been a utter—I mean, I've got three assists from him, so it's not like a complete disaster, but no bonus points or anything. It's clearly a big reason why I'm—you know, my season hasn't gone very well. Um I mean, it was just based on his performing. He scored 20 goals three years in a row. Obviously, that was in the championship. He's on penalties. You would have thought at some point in the first eight weeks there would have been a penalty. Um, and, you know, he then he then he got slotted behind Agallo.
0: And once that happened, um, you know, I mean, everything just became him setting him up, basically. Just imagine if Dini was getting all of the Agallo goals. He'd be so happy right now. <laughs> a I, really, sad person I really, it'd be a huge difference. Yeah, it really would be a huge difference. <laughs> so the problem was
1: I actually couldn't, Really move them out last week. I mean, there was there were there were no good moves outside of you know possibly bringing in um, uh, Norwich's um, uh, striker um, Cameron Jerome, which I wasn't excited to do. Who <laughs> would be? Uh, would be. Uh, so I basically had to not make a transfer this week so that I could have two transfers next week in order to bring in Dini, because uh, there weren't any other moves I really wanted to make this week, and you know it wasn't like there was um. um I don't know. All all my midfielders had games that I wanted them to play in, so it wasn't like I could... Like, this week, what I'm really seriously considering is just getting rid of Azard, even though they're home to Aston Villa, just to free up enough money to turn Dini into Pele or possibly uh, Lukaku. Um, I haven't really decided what I'm going to do about that yet. This
0: would be a good point for me to chime in and tell you that I did not make a transfer uh, per our, our sort of dare in the last episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I did not make a transfer to get rid of my Swansea assets, much to my delight when Andre Ayew scored his goal against Spurs. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've, I'm feeling good with two transfers going into the break, too. Yeah. And then John
1: Sharp on Twitter, he was on actually took the 12 point hit. Uh, He said that he got 27 points from the four players he brought in for minus 12 uh, versus the nine he would have had from the four that
0: he got rid of. Well played, sir. Yeah, well played. I was was impressed. Speaking of well played, uh, this segue into the Man City-Newcastle game. 6-1, Sergio Aguero basically flipping the entire FPL table. It was
1: incredible. Even my wife was impressed. Like, she was like, What is going on? Like, she's like, Do they have a goalkeeper? What's <laughs> Uh It was incredible. I mean, the first half. They like, do have a goalkeeper, one of the coolest, cool goalkeepers in the league, Tim Kroll. He doesn't deserve this. Cool guy, Kroll. Uh, do you guys look pretty good for the first 45 minutes? And I've, I lost another. I mean, this Kolarov thing is just an endless disaster. You broke
0: Kolarov for everybody. I as did. As soon as I you
1: bro- brought him in, I broke the game. Uh, and so, yeah, zero, 0 and 2 are my. I've had two points total from three games. I don't, I don't, I, I just, it's not even averaging one point yet.
0: Yeah, I'm getting no value from Joe Hart right <laughs> now. So.
1: This is just like what Man City did last year. They just they like could not keep a clean sheet for like 20 weeks in a row last year.
0: But they still have such a great run of games coming up. The clean sheets will come.
1: Yeah, the, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll come once I
0: sell a caller off. Be positive.
1: Yeah, so anyway, the second I know, yeah, Come on, Josh. So the the second half, uh yeah, it was incredible. And, and so what do you think about um you know, are you
0: are you like you're a little concerned right now about um your Man City coverage? I am concerned about De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah, me too. I feel like he is essential. He he and Sanchez feel a little neck and neck. Like if I had to choose, I would I would take Alexis every day of the week. Yeah. Um, but just the way the offense is clicking with Man City, KDB is on the short list of guys I've got to get in, get in within the next week or two. Yeah, it's pretty scary. In the end, it may have worked out okay
1: for me uh, because now if I if I bring out what I was really seriously considering up until because uh, I didn't make a transfer this week up until the you know right before the game started basically was uh bringing out his art and bringing in david silva mm-hmm. uh who i thought was the better choice and who did have two yeah assists, i I, uh, would, I wouldn't have argued with you about yeah. that. so it was eight for silva versus five from Hazard, which isn't you know that substantial um but yeah to bruno it looked incredible you know 15 points uh scored a great goal uh he, he, sh- he totally
0: shinned that he was trying I, I i posit that he was trying to get power out of that and he mishit it well, it looked awesome, <laughs> regardless. In real so, time, it looked awesome. The, it slow the, last,
1: the last three weeks, he has 10, 7, and 15. So, I mean, he's averaging a little over 10 points right now. Um, yeah, uh, so he's he looks, I mean, so he's 10.3. I and mean, this is the thing is he's not cheap. So, yeah. um, I mean, you're going to have to sell a very good player to bring him in. Yeah. Um, or possibly
0: make two moves. To or a garbage player like Hazard. You a garbage player like Cassard. I know. Oh, God. I don't know what is going on with Chelsea. So I feel like one of two options would have helped us in this game. Either Aguero would have gotten injured and given us license to just drop him from our squads, or he would have scored five <laughs> or six goals. So, <laughs> yeah, so we got the... I feel like we got the, the better deal. The question is, uh,
1: I, I think the game is more fun when you really are debating the captain choice. I mean, this is like, it's, it's, a, it's such like sour grapes like, or, or, or whatever it is, like not being happy with what you have. Like, obviously, it was awesome that he scored five goals. It would not be a tragedy to me if he got injured in the international break. No, no. you know, I mean, as a, I, I love him, he's a great player to watch. Super fun to watch. But from a fantasy perspective, um, it's more fun when every week you're like, ah, like agonizing over the over the captain choice, yeah, or you know, putting the armband on somebody man, It's just not as, um, you know, there's there's less creativity in the game. I mean, I, at this point, like, when, when's the next time you wouldn't put the armband on him? Like, maybe, maybe in the Manchester derby in two weeks. Maybe. I mean, because that, that, the same week as the Manchester Derby, uh, Arsenal is, um, at home to Everton. So would you possibly captain Alexis Sanchez in that game? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, but I think you have to, you know, I mean, I would. I mean, I, I would definitely think about it in that case. Uh, well, partially because I'm Look trying to make-
0: at, look at how Everton's performing and look at how, um, You based on the United result over the weekend. Yeah, Um, but Everton aren't keeping clean sheets,
1: and and that that game is in uh, Old Trafford, I think, right? It is. Yeah. So the fortress that is Old Trafford, (laughs) the the once fortress. (laughs) We jest. We jest. We jest. We have to move
0: on with game week eight before we uh, go into the five-hour mark. All right. Norwich one, Leicester two. This game was uh, incredibly peculiar because our, our favorite guy, uh, Riyad Mahrez, didn't make it in, onto the pitch.
1: Yeah, very interesting. What happened that that? No, nothing, I think. I think it was just a tactical decision. And I, I don't know if it was um, – If I don't know. Whatever he what totally... was what thinking. I, 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 have you read any quotes? Or I, I haven't really read anything about why Mahrez didn't start. I, mean, I don't think it was uh, anything more than a, a tactical choice that he made. I mean yeah. it makes me wonder if he thought that Alex Neal – uh, was you know going to be game playing for Marez, and that taking him out would change the I mean obviously it obviously worked
0: sure right sure absolutely and uh, Renieri the tinker man that's that 's by yeah. reputation uh, I would feel better about the fifth place right now i mean it 's really impressive it is impressive it 's great. I would feel better about this rotation though if it wasn 't Mark Albrighton that was always coming in off my bench. Yeah, you've got to get rid of that guy, right? <laughs> he is. I mean, and he's he's at, he's at five point million. It's I mean, impossible
1: I... to get rid of a five million midfielder. Yeah. You, I mean, it's like
0: there's a good chance you're going to have him like in January. I mean, the major problem there is that, as we discussed in the last episode, that he is um, preventing me from bringing in Jamie Vardy, who continues his hot streak. I know it was a, it was a crazy week for for bandwagons. Uh, just they all worked. I've, I don't know. Except um, for Martial, I guess, which in that thing was really marked two weeks ago. I would be—I don't know. I, I, I really like Vardy, as everyone does, and he's looked really impressive. But I do wonder if there's going to be a, a drop-off pretty soon for him.
1: I mean, it was a penalty goal, yeah. and it was a bit a bit of a soft penalty at that. So yeah. it wasn't like he was bossing. You know, to be honest, I didn't watch the game, so I don't know how how dominant he looked. <laughs> I would Should tell you that, that? I also I, I guess we're
0: not like <laughs> pretending that we watch, you know, every single game every minute of it. No. Um speaking of not watching every single minute, uh Sunderland 2, West Ham 2. Um this F- pie goal. Give me a break Pantilimon. You call yourself a professional goalkeeper? <sighs> that was totally screwed me. I was watching that
1: in picture in picture. <laughs> and so You pipped it? <laughs> So I, I saw, I saw the the there was a pretty good shot on goal, and I, I can't remember who, who shot it. Uh, but it is, it bounced so fortuitously, and just pie, pie like that's when you know you're informed. The ball just, I mean, it was the easiest goal score all year. He just sort of uh, appeared there, like he like he was transported there. He should Inter- have had more time. points, really. I mean, he looked incredible. I mean, once once uh, West Ham were up a man, it was. I, I'm actually surprised they didn't pull that one out because uh, he. It to was totally I'm mean, very similar to Eden Hazard last year, right? Where just if he, if he gets attacking points, he's getting all three bonus points because he's just doing so much in terms of, you know, completing passes and, you know, goal attempts, successful passes, chances created, et cetera. Uh, just, you know, filling up the box. I mean, I, I would say that Payet is really one of the more. I mean, he's, like, getting close to essential. I mean, you know, I, I guess once he craves up to that, like, nine, nine million barrier, it gets a little trickier. But at eight million, I mean, this guy is absolutely
0: delivering every week. He is. He has a very round head to boot. He does, yeah. He's not very tall, right? Five nine, maybe. This is also a great game for us because the great American hero DeAndre Yedlin came into the starting lineup for Sunderland. And that's right. Um he he was on the Sunderland Instagram feed. There's a great picture of him with these two like Sunderland fans that look like they came right out of a coal mine or something. It's just like some really sort of dingy looking like <laughs> town. Sunderland basically in the background. <laughs> Yedlin had this expression on his face of like I'm not sure where I am or what I'm doing here. This is all very strange to me. So, I'm I'm thinking of you DeAndre, I and I'm hoping you're doing well. All, all of America's pulling for you DeAndre. So, okay, what I what I will say about
1: Sunderland is we all I mean the the, the team is not that radically different than the team that was quite a strong defensive team in the second half of last season. So I wonder if I mean, there's that miracle game again, the famous miracle game against Arsenal, right? Where uh, it was like a you know ten point haul for for It basically changed the way that bonus points are scored uh, forever. But, yeah, forever. But I think you know he had like like he was he was the best player in the game and he had like eleven saves and he didn't get any bonus points. Uh, so I think. Um, you know, it, it'll just be interesting to see. Or Maybe you got one bonus, but I can't remember. Uh, but it'll just be interesting to see what happens uh, with the new manager. I mean, especially if it's um, uh, Nigel Clough. Yeah. Or not, not Nigel Clough. Is that? Sam Allardyce? No, the uh, the former
0: Lester manager. Oh, Nigel uh, 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 Nigel Pearson.
1: Nigel Pearson,
0: exactly. Who's yeah. Nigel Clough? I like play. I think I like combined— You, you
1: conflated every and...
0: <laughs> every English manager of all time into one name, Nigel Clough. <laughs>
1: Nigel Clough. That, that is the, that is the
0: like perfect fake manager name <laughs> for an English team. All right, uh, Chelsea one, Southampton three. Uh, this is the point at which. Oh, so, I... sorry, just to uh, Brent, just to go back briefly. Sure.
1: So it'll be interesting to to monitor Sunderland assets when they bring in. Nigel Clough. <laughs> yes. And just to see if, if they become valuable again beginning, because a lot of them they're the like the price is very low on a lot of these assets now. So it you know, they're like it might be a band you want to jump on quickly if it looks like they're they're turning around. But I mean obviously you couldn't do that for the next couple of weeks because mm-hmm. it's that team is a disaster.
0: Have you been reading Harry Potter recently? I'm wondering if Nigel Clough is like a member of Ravenclaw or something like that. <laughs> uh I don't know. It does sound like
1: a—I think he's Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. (laughs) I'm sure that's a thing.
0: Okay, so Chelsea won, Southampton 3. This was the game at which I think my uh, wife threatened to move out of the house because I went absolutely bananas when Pellis scored that goal. Um, He's been—I mean, he's he's left it less a differential now, but I feel like he's the one— Attacking differential in my team that has actually worked this season. Yeah, Um, totally, very underrated. His hold up play is
1: is positively brilliant. It's interesting how similar Pele and Drew are, you know, because Drew will often hold the ball up and then lay it off to Ozil, Mm Kazorla, you know, Alexis Sanchez, and you see Pele do that right now with with Mane and Tadic, and um, I mean, just the way they're all linking up together, it's, it's really it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I was terrified when Mane laid that ball off for Pele to score that third goal because Pele's finishing is questionable at times. Mm-hmm. And when he scored it, I, I just could not—I couldn't believe it. So Chelsea looked like, uh, continued to look like total dog shit. And Hazard has got to go from both of both of our teams. Um, there's no way we can justify his um, just more medi- than eleven mediocre game. results yeah. at, at
1: that at that price.
0: Yeah, so
1: um, he's he's got to go. Yeah, I mean, Pele is 5.1 million with 5 goals and 5 or Did I say 5.1 million? 8, yeah. 8.1 million with uh, 5 goals and 5 assists. Um, has only gone up a tenth and actually dropped to 7.9 for a couple of weeks. And, all, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, he is uh, very consistent, too. I mean, only three out of the first eight weeks has he not delivered something.
0: Yeah, he's such a great package. He's delivering that like Peter Crouch ability to just lob the ball up to him and he'll knock it down. Maybe yeah. Like guys like Andy Carroll and uh, Crouch, Crouchy, and uh, Fellaini. He's,
1: he's on three yellow cards, so that is there's a slight concern there. It's just you know something to keep an eye on. Um, I feel like he had a yellow card problem
0: last year too. So. Uh, yeah, he had six last year, so you know, not a huge problem, but something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, so Southampton on the ascendancy. Then we have the uh, Merseyside Derby. Everton won, Liverpool won. Uh, this this was uh, perhaps Nathaniel Klein's last game in my squad. Um, but it's been it's been real. It's it's been a real three game three game <laughs> ride, Nathaniel. But uh, we must part ways. Brendan Rodgers is gone, though, so I don't know what to think.
1: Yeah, it looks like Klopp is coming in. I love Klopp. I am very excited about this. I'd say that Liverpool are kind of my second. I mean, I like I like Arsenal and Liverpool. It's like the, I'm like the most cliche New American fan, uh, but I mean, oh, Klopp and Liverpool it is such a perfect match. Those two teams.
0: It is, you know, two true great personalities, the the great fan culture, and then just uh, a man Dortmund
1: and, uh, and Liverpool. Dortmund and Liverpool are kind of similar in terms of their their. You know the, the way they get the, the kind of the amount of money they have. I mean, they're not they're not quite at the at the upper upper end of things, but they're they're close. I mean, you could you could you could win the league at Liverpool. It, you know, I think that I mean the money is there to do it, but it can't just you can't just throw money at the problem. You're going to have to be pretty clever.
0: So Liverpool is still very uncertain here, but in terms of Everton, they they continue to look really good, especially Lukaku. Yeah. Is it too early to start putting in putting our game week eleven plans in motion? I don't think so. I mean, I think that Lukaku is a, a is a very—I mean, the question is, do
1: you want Lukaku or do you want Pele right now? Because uh, Lukaku is actually a little more expensive, and I like the fixtures the next few weeks for Pele a little more than Lukaku.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, let's see here. Southampton is—so um, in the next four weeks, uh, Sunderland are, or Southampton are home to Leicester. Uh, they're away to Liverpool, and they're home to Bournemouth, away to Sunderland, home to Stoke. I mean, four of those five fixtures are excellent. Like, they're excellent for defenders or excellent for attackers. Definitely worth making some Southampton investments. Uh, so I, I I, I, still feel like I would maybe start with Pele and then move over to Lukaku. Yeah, yeah. Because that'd, that'd be such an easy move. I mean, you're talking about, you know, two-tenths. It would be. You'd be making money. <laughs> well, you'd, you'd lose a little. I mean, you'd need to keep
0: two-tenths, I guess, in your bank. But that that's usually a pretty easy move. All right, so we're looking ahead to Everton. Then uh, we have Arsenal 3, Manchester United 0. Uh, sorry to all you managers out there holding United assets. Martial didn't do anything. Darmian got a yellow card and was subbed out at halftime. Yeah, we talked about Alexis already. He looked incredible, as, as did Ozil. Yeah, Ozil, <laughs> as we all know, I persist with Ozil. Um, if I could turn him into Alexis, I would. Uh, but this game was really encouraging. Though there was one scene in this game that was a great illustration of the two the two sides of the coin, the Ozil and Alexis, where Ozil uh, demanded to take that free kick just outside the 18, mm-hmm. and San- but Sanchez really wanted it, and you could see him gesticulate to Ozil like, "You get one, I get one. You get one, <laughs> I get one." And, yeah. he, and then he decided to walk away, and Ozil just slammed the shot right into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is a little terrifying because Sand, you can see Alexis is out there to score goals and to win the game for the team. And Ozil, for how good he looked, he still just looks tentative uh, in yeah. terms of in, in front of That's goal. That's a
1: great. It's a it's a very good illustration of the the difference between those two players. I mean, Alexis is just so relentless. Yeah. Um, and he, I mean, this is and this is really I guess what it comes down to you know, in terms of the Alexis versus everybody else on Arsenal question. You know, specifically Alexis and. Uh, and Theo um, Walcott. I mean, I just think that that kind of relentless, like that, like pursuit of goals is uh, Walcott has had that in previous years, but Alexis has really taken that taken that role on. So you're, I don't think you're going to get the huge explosive returns for Theo Walcott as long as Alexis Sanchez is playing yeah. in the field,
0: at least not as regular, and certainly in the form he's in. Yeah. All right, uh, Swansea two, Spurs two.
1: Andre Ayu. Yeah, yeah, AU looked good. Uh, this was, uh, I don't know if you saw, I posted this on the Twitter feed. Uh, I mean, basically, Christian Eriksen had two free kicks, and, he, I mean, he is so good at that specific that, thing. That,
0: you know, Gil- that first one, though, what was Fabianski doing?
1: I don't know, but the you know Gilfie Sigurdsson's like this, too. Every now and then, you'll see Gilfie line up for a free kick, and it just, like, it would, like, the odds are, like, 99 out of 100 he's going to score. Yeah, it's just, you know, and, and same thing with Eriksen. I mean, just... The way like his he's so solid on free kicks that it was just like, well, these are both goals. And I actually predicted them to my, my wife. Right. Uh both times I said he's gonna score on on this one. And then it happened like forty five minutes later, I was like, he's gonna score on this one too, I guarantee it. Uh in both cases, I mean it wasn't even close, really. I mean I, I don't think yeah. uh Fabianski
0: was within like two feet of him on either goal. I'm in no way enticed to bring him into my squad though. Yeah, I'm not really either, but I I feel like it's
1: yeah, I'm not really either. <laughs> it's, but, it's kind of tempting. I mean, he has uh, so he has two goals and two assists in the last three games. Uh, he's eight point three. I just who would you want instead of him? You know, I mean, you, I'd rather have a Man City midfielder. I'd rather have Paillet. I'd rather have uh, Mane. The fixtures do actually look pretty good for for Spurs, um, especially after the Liverpool match is over. Uh, Bournemouth, Aston Villa. Well, the three out of four. Born than that's Deville, And then it gets a little trickier. Um, Arsenal, West Ham, Chelsea. Yeah.
0: So uh, uh, for everyone fretting out, out there about Tim Gomes. Poor he, Tim. He's going to survive at least one more game week, right? Because they're home to Stoke. next. Yeah, week. but it did not look good for
1: Gomes. I don't know if they're game planning more for him or if he just isn't.
0: I, his confidence. He's not that good. He, he, yeah. He's I don't know.
1: Not that good. He's, he's pretty good. I I, I, I don't know. I, I like, I like his movement. I like his, like his strength. Um,
0: but yeah, just his runs. He wasn't, I don't know, just, it was not working for him this game. So we're going to preview game week nine when we come back next week during the break. But, um, that is basically our, our, uh, highly impactful analysis of game week eight. It's going <laughs> to carry go. you through. Uh, but right now we want to hit you with a boatload of stats. Um, because the people asked for it. They did. So, uh, so Josh, you spent the whole day basically I, putting no, together this incredible no, just, spreadsheet. I went to um, – I
1: used all of my I, – I, I took full advantage of my Fantasy Football Scout membership and uh, pulled I have a bunch to of t- – I have up. to tell
0: you, Josh, my Fantasy Football Scout membership this season is much like a gym membership. <laughs> like I purchased it with the best of intentions and I yeah. think I've uh, used their tables once or twice. They have a real
1: problem with their "rape my team" system right now. It is it is not adapting to 2015, 2016 data well enough. And I mean, I, I absolutely love that site, but um, I, I found I, I, oh anyway. The, the point is, I pulled some good data from the from the website. Yeah, and uh, so I think um, the question that 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 we have basically our, you know, who are the reliable defenders through eight weeks and who are defenders that are maybe a little under the radar that you might want to keep an eye on.
0: I feel like there are a lot of managers out there like me right now who uh one of our big weak points is our defense. And I mean, as you know, Josh, you had no clean sheet until not a single one until game week eight. So this is part one one major part of our team that could use a lot of work.
1: I think – so one thing that stood out to me uh, just initially is I think, you know, when, when Arsenal is bad, they're so bad that it, it – like like when they have a game like, like they do in Week 1 against West Ham, it I think it really biases you against Arsenal defenders. And, you know, looking at the data, I mean two of the top defenders so far are, um, are Hector Bellerin and Nacho Monreal. And, you know, Monreal in particular is, you know – Going to be starting every week, probably. I mean, unless uh, unless Gibbs can can break through, uh, but it looks like Gibbs is basically on you know Capital One Cup duties right now.
0: Yeah, and Bellerin was the man. I believe in real life, Bellarin is still the man and way better than Montreal. But this season, it's all Montreal. He has two assists. Um, he's on five bonus points total. The same with Bellarin. Yeah, I mean, there the
1: successful pass number for Montreal is incredible. He has three hundred and sixty-two successful passes so far. 173 touches in the final third, which is which ranks him in the, the top 10 defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, right up there in recoveries, too, uh, in the top five in recoveries. So just a lot of—he's doing it—you know, basically there, there are two different ways that you can gain points as a defender, right? You can either uh, be, you know, creating chances, uh, completing a lot of passes, um, you know, or obviously getting goals or assists. Or you can, um, you know, have— a lot Of you know, clearances, recoveries, win tackles, and it's very rare to find players who are, who are doing both, yeah. Um, and there are a few players that, that, that do seem to stick out, and um, you know, one of them is is Kolarov, which is kind of an obvious thing, so there's no point in dwelling too much. I mean, basically, if you're you know, it, it Kolarov is you know, as long as Gail cliche is out, Kolarov is the most valuable defender in the league because there's some goal threat, there's some assist threat, he leads all defenders in bonus points. Uh, despite what's happened the last couple weeks for Man City, he looks you know, I mean he's he's all around the the outside of the, the the box.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm surprised he didn't get any points um this past game week. Yeah,
1: I, I, I was too. Um he, he had a couple chances too. I mean he laid one out for uh um for Wilford Boney, uh then he almost almost scored on. Uh leads all defenders and successful passes. Um, is right up there with uh, touches in the final third as well. Uh, he actually leads all defenders in that too. Uh, the player that also sticks out right up there with, with Kolorov is Trevor Francis. Uh, and the, uh, the only problem there Bournemouth? from Bournemouth, 4.5 million defender. I think the only issue there is I, I wonder if we've kind of missed the boat with him a little bit, not because his price is so high, but just because he's a 4.5. Well, yeah, it's, it's not about the price. It's about the fixtures. Um, it's just a, it's kind of a tough run ahead for them. Uh, away to Man City, home to Spurs, away to Southampton, uh, home to Newcastle, which could be a clean sheet, but then you know, away to Swansea, home to Everton, away to Chelsea, home to Man United. So over the next, you know, seven weeks, I'm not really sure you'd want, a, you'd want to start at Birmingham except for one of those
0: seven games. No, no, I'm, I'm a little sad about this because Francis was in my squad to start the season and I lost him when I played my wild card and I tried to upgrade. But he's yeah he's right up there and I think he's second in successful passes, uh, second
1: in touches in the final third, two assists. I mean it might be worth. I mean if you if you if you haven't wild carded yet, I think you'd be worth bringing in because there is enough attacking threat there that Mm. for a four point five million midfield.
0: I mean you you cannot get more value from a four point five midfielder than you're getting from from Francis. This is a weird one though. Um, Looking at touches in the final third, coming in third with one eighty seven Amavi for Aston Villa. Yeah, Um, it's it is it is kind of wild i mean and i can't even can, i can't even fathom a world in which i'd bring in a villa defender particularly one that costs 5.0
1: but you know i mean the thing is, is 5.0 is not i mean you know, it's not that much higher than 4.5 right i mean 4.5 seems incredibly cheap to us right. and 5 million seems incredibly expensive but it's like end, a
0: luxury player right
1: there yeah exactly but it's it's not really right? i mean that's always like the problem with like the Stoke. like famously the stoke midfielders used to always be classified as 5.0 Instead you know now yeah, would I say midfielders, yeah, defenders, of course, um, and so it was always harder to like justify bringing in Shawcross because like well i 'm not really getting any enough from them you know they're they're not a guaranteed clean sheet any
0: given week, yeah, it does uh, go back to the discussion we had in many, many episodes ago about um, not getting too bothered by a guarantee of a clean sheet from your defender. And looking at this data, it really helps um, you make those decisions of of where else you can get points from your defenders. And this season, because you're, you're seeing it with 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 the Mavi. I mean, you're seeing he's he, so he's, he already has four bonus
1: points this year, which I didn't realize. Uh, two assists off of one
0: clean sheet. Yeah, off of one
1: clean sheet with, but two assists. Uh, it's created seven chances, uh, which puts him somewhere like in the top ten or so. I'd say for defenders. Um, Third and touches in the final third. Uh, he's also right up there in defensive stats, though, too. Um, I think he might actually be—let me see if I can pull it up here. He is—so he's second in the league in recoveries um, and uh, right up there at the top in tackles one, too. So he's, he's doing it on both ends.
0: Hmm. That's that's provocative. <laughs> Getting it, to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about Manchester United? Because um, we have a few options there, like Darmian and Smalling. Uh um, yeah, the but you, with, you've got some stats here about yellow cards though.
1: Well the yeah, the problem with Darmian is that he's he's on four yellow cards. I mean, obviously a lot of people would be hard have hard to bring him in anyways, because he's got a negative one um at Arsenal. Uh I do think he'll be consistently starting for Man U, despite going off at, at halftime. Yeah, presumably uh,
0: he'll earn out over the course of the season.
1: Right. But you know, he's at five point eight. Um well I, I think we're still not totally sure what we're gonna get from Man United, uh, you know, without without Luke Shaw. Um that Arsenal game was it was kind of an outlier, right? Because they actually looked much better in the second half and there was just they, they blitzed him in the first half. Uh, it's true. But um, you know, I think that if you were willing if you have the money, Chris Smalley would be the way to go. If you had the extra point five million because um, he, you know, he's, getting, he's getting more bonus points. Uh, he's really getting it done at the defensive end. Uh, he's right up there in clearances, successful passes, uh, recoveries, you know, all the things that, that factor into getting bonus points. So if Manu keeps a clean sheet, Chris Smalling's going to be at the top of the bonus point list.
0: Uh, Jeffrey Schlupp from Leicester City. You weren't even aware that this guy was a defender for how often he gets forward for less. Yeah, I ex- feel—is he out of position, or does it just seem like he is? I feel like he's all over the field. Uh, I I haven't studied their lineup enough, but I do feel like he plays up um, on the wing more in a midfield role. Um, but but yeah, he is—he's always on the ball in in the final third. So um,
1: yeah, so maybe he's he's one to keep an eye out for too. Um, although I mean, do you? <laughs> just can you could you I already like, have too many I already have too many Leicester people in play. I know. could you justify bringing a Lester defender? Uh so there are a couple so we we talked about uh Francis already in Bournemouth. Uh there are a couple other 4.5 million midfielders that I I've seen talked about in the forum but just to just to learn various forms yeah, to could, them again. if we could
0: pinpoint some of the the potential options to bring in at 4.5 Yeah. So I think— um, Speaking for—you know, I'm asking for a friend, okay? Uh, Suarez on Crystal
1: Palace is one who—I um, mean, he, he, he passes the stat test and the eye test. Um, already has an assist on the year, um, top 10 in chances created, um, completing a lot of passes, and it's just all—I mean, he, it's sort of like Schlepp. He's just all over the, the, the attack. Yeah. Uh, seems very essential to the attack. Um, His stats are a little
0: skewed because Joel Ward, who is comparable at Crystal Palace, also priced at four point five, has been out injured, and he was dynamite to start the season. Yeah, and do you? you do you? Do you I, still have Ward. Or did I, you I, have I him? did drop Joel Ward. I think he was part of part of the surgery in which I brought in Craig Dawson and Nathaniel Klein, okay. which only marginally worked out for me. I think I would go with based on what we've seen from the stats here. I actually think that Soiree is the better
1: choice mm-hmm. uh, in the long run. Uh, I mean, yeah, this Crystal Palace assets really might be worth looking at. I mean, I know that it's you know, there's a little bit of points chasing because obviously they've had a clean sheet two weeks in a row, um, and I think you know the fixtures were pretty good. Uh, obviously, um, you know playing Watford and uh, West Brom, and a West Brom team that looks really out of form right now.
0: I don't, I don't see these Crystal Palace defenders jumping up in value anytime soon, though. So they're just if you're not ready yet to take the plunge, yeah, well, maybe be you can worth hold off. Yeah, so
1: I think. Um, The other one, uh, so the the other one that, um, uh, so Francis Soire and Yam, and Yam is the the Watford defender, uh, is another one to keep an eye out for. Uh, Already has four bonus points on the year, uh, has uh, three clean sheets, um, six attempts on goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know he's he's getting forward a lot. I mean it's hard to look past Wilfred Zaha destroying him a couple of weeks ago. Sure, <laughs> uh, but he looks like a he looks like a very very solid player in the the stats. I mean, do doesn't
0: every defender up. have uh, like a bugaboo player that they just can't play against?
1: Yeah, you see mm-hmm. you see Yam in the back end too. I mean he's he's in the top ten in recoveries and the top ten on tackles one, and those are huge factors in a career bonus points. So he's definitely one
0: to keep an eye out for. Yeah. So you see a huge amount of these bonus points going to fullbacks, um, wingers. Then there are some central defenders, um, much like Ashley Williams, who's favored on, on Swansea. But I, I don't know about him. Like he's, he, has <laughs> almost li- he has so little attacking potential. But he's he, that's true although he's he's really a fun player like it'd be fun just to have him on your team
1: just so you oh, he, is, he is he is such an awesome hands player. He's down the coolest looking guy in the whole league. But He's also just awesome like I he just destroyed Wayne Rooney a, a few weeks ago. Yes. And yes, anybody that tackle yeah. was epic. <laughs> a ta- tackle of epic proportion. It it truly was. <laughs> uh yeah but I mean he's definitely there in terms of um right up there on top of uh, successful passes uh, up there with head, headed clearances up there in and straight clearances uh so definitely yeah but uh, you know so yeah not as much attacking threat definitely gets it done on the uh defensive end and it's only five million so
0: the price is is not too bad but we could compare him to kyle naughton who uh let's see you've got him on the sheet somewhere who his counterpart yeah. at swansea the problem is that yeah
1: not Na- didn't play last week um and uh i don't think he's injured so i don't know if there's
0: Possibly a little bit of concern there about. I what think his, maybe his his, w- his uh, wife or partner had a baby. Oh, is that right? I think that's what I saw somewhere on the internet. Yeah,
1: I guess it looks like you're right. Yeah, uh, just uh, he's at uh, he's got the he's got the light yellow right now. It
0: says personal reasons, seventy five percent chance of playing. So, so I I, I I'd take heart. He's going to come back a happy man. He's got a beautiful <laughs> new baby. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to do one of those goal celebrations where he sucks his throne or he puts the ball up under his shirt. Yeah,
1: that's true. All right, so so Naughton might be might be your guy. He might be a slightly better option there. Uh, he, you know, he is. Uh, yeah, I mean Williams. He's, he's got Williams by one point, so it's kind of a Bit kind of a toss up, up there. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the stats don't lead you to take one. That I
0: actually think the stats slightly favor Ashley Williams. Yeah. Tell us about Spurs, Josh, because a lot of people jumped on the <laughs> uh, the Dyer uh, bandwagon, and now he's out for a game on five yellow cards.
1: Yeah, I know it's. Uh, you know, I, so, OK, there are a couple of different players to keep an eye on in, in, in Spurs. Uh, so Dyer is the one to. Well, you know, if, you, if you're waiting one week, uh, then Dyer might be the one he's playing out of position. He's he's up to five point two, though, which seems a little high. Uh, and I, I wonder if it's a great if, scorer of goals, though. Yeah, that, that's that. Yeah, that's true. Um, although it's kind of a fluky goal, the one he scored against Man City. It's true. Uh, I think Toby Elder World. And that's just a that's just a terrible name to have to say out loud it's a terrible uh, name in general sorry toby but <laughs> uh it's he's no good yeah he's he's a little bit cheaper um he uh his stats actually look a little bit better than dyer's um
0: you know he, Dyer does have him two goals to one uh but what like his touches the inside part. the box his attacking Because he gets up for corners and whatnot
1: yeah it, he does and uh yeah he's up there with uh, successful passes he's one of the leaders. Um, and he's up there, with, he's up there in clearances too. So three shots I, I on target. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Shots on target. But so he, he, like he's just shooting the ball at Matt target on Southampton. <laughs> it's like, it's total <laughs> asshole.
1: Yeah. That's, it's a weird, I shouldn't have pulled that stack cause it's very, uh, so.
0: I mean, if you look, if you look at this, there are at least 50% of these defenders have taken shots at Matt target. <laughs> uh, and he's not even going to be started anymore. So it's not that relevant. So you're looking to bring in you said you were you were heavily considering bringing in a Southampton defender over the break.
1: I am. And so the question is which Southampton defender is is the one uh the one that you'd want. And so the two that I'm looking at right now are I'm I'm I I'm still a little concerned about Cedric just because it doesn't seem I mean like he he's been subbed up at halftime a couple of times. He didn't start one week. You know, he's, he's the, I actually think that Ryan, Ryan Bertrand might be the player to look at. Uh, he's down to 5.3 because he was injured the first several weeks. I, I know, you know, guaranteed to start every week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just push target right off the starting pile there. Yeah. Um, and so, this, you know, it's hard to look. You know, the stats from this year don't give you a very representative picture of how well he played last year. Uh, Which played you know, very well. Yeah, he and Nathaniel Klein were just, you know, bossing it on the wings uh, for Southampton last year. Uh, so you know, five point three is also a bit
0: of a difference. That was the greatest double up in history, Bertrand and Klein?
1: It really was. I, I had Forster and um, Forster and Klein for like seven weeks
0: in a row, like yeah. from like game week six to thirteen last year. It was glorious. Was basically, just printing money over there.
1: But I mean, you know, bringing in a, a southern defender does seem to make a lot of sense because home to Le- yeah, I guess that Leicester team does score. So I don't know if that's a that's not the. It's not a perfect fixture, but it's really one they keep a clean sheet in.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, then home to home to born with away to Sunderland home to
0: Stoke. I mean, those are all clean sheet possible. I'm a Van Dijk fan. Uh, he's already Van, he already has a Van goal. Dyke. And uh he, he he just he's another he's like in the Ashley Williams category of guy who just looks fucking cool. Yeah. I think it's Van Dyke, though, not Van Dick. Uh, Van Dyke. Okay, fair enough. All right, whatever, doesn't matter. <laughs> you say you say Dijk, <laughs> I say Dick. <laughs>
1: So his stats, um, they're not they're also not super representative because he you know, he was a he um, came
0: in the transfer,
1: late came in the transfer. He came in in the transfer window. Yeah. He's only played uh, four games so far. He came in in week five and yeah, uh, already has a goal and three bonus points. And five point five is fairly reasonable.
0: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't disagree. I would swap Nathaniel Klein for uh, Van Dyke in a heartbeat. You wouldn't think in about a Southampton it. minute.
1: But you, you think Van Dyke over
0: Bertrand is where you'd go? Uh, I think that might be where you and I differ. All right. Yeah. We'll see. This will be our new um, Shelby versus AU contest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: I think I'm going to win that one.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, I got a I got a Shelby assist over the weekend. Thank you, Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is, uh, I don't really, you know, I, I feel like we could tinker with this grid for whatever, but, uh, forever. We could. But There's so much information here. but So uh, let us know how we did with that analysis. Hopefully that was helpful. Hit us up on Twitter at, at hellcheaters if you have anything to add to the discussion. Yeah, that was our first run through. I think we can, we'll, we'll tighten that up as we go. When we come back and revisit this massive <laughs> defender spreadsheet. If we do one for midfielders. before. So there we are, our defender analysis. We're going to come back next week. Uh, We're going to preview Game Week 9 and and update everyone on what happened over the international break, Uh, who tore their uh, ACL, whose groin is causing them problems. (laughs) We're
1: we're actually going to bring in um, that Chelsea doctor to give us an update on how everything's going. Nice. Yeah, how everybody played over the week. She needs a job, and we're here to help. Eva Miniero, is that her name?
0: That's great. Well, I can't imagine she's busy with anything now. Nope, just, just suing Chelsea. That's that's pretty much it. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the break. We'll see you next week. Uh, you can find us, of course, at alwayscheating.com and on Twitter at Hail Cheaters. And uh, don't forget to join the public league. All right, Brennan. I will see you next week. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Bye. Bye.